Welcome to the Tips for Homeschool Science Show, where we're breaking down the lofty ideals of teaching science into building blocks you can use in your homeschool. I'm Paige Hudson, and for season four of this podcast, we are working through the four stages of teaching science to help you create a roadmap for your homeschooling journey. In our last episode, I shared your two goals for science during the elementary years, to create an interest and to fill your students' knowledge bucket with the basics of science. Today, we're going to chat about the five tools you can use to meet these goals. So these basic components that you can use for elementary science are scientific demonstrations, science-oriented books, notebooking, extra projects, and memory work. The first three components are key to include in each week but the last two are optional. How you put these components together will vary on the method you choose, which we'll talk about more in the next episode. For now, let's take a closer look at each of these components. So first we have scientific demonstrations, the first of the three keys to teaching science. These are the hands-on science activities you do each week. These activities will help your students to work on their observation skills, to introduce them to the scientific method, and to allow them to see science face-to-face. We chatted a lot about scientific demonstrations in episode 35, but at this level, your students are doing a lot of observing and helping while you are guiding these scientific demonstrations. You can use experiments done by you as demonstrations, You can use nature studies, or you can make models for this component. But whatever you choose, the main thing is to make sure that these hands-on science activities relate to the topic that you are studying. Second, we have science-oriented books, and these fulfill the second key for teaching science. Remember that at this stage, the student is basically an empty bucket waiting to be filled with information, and books are a wonderful way to do that. There are many children's encyclopedias, such as the ones published by Usborne, Kingfisher, and DK. Each of these publishers present scientific information in an interesting way at the level of an elementary student. You can also choose to read living books that deal with science or shorter nonfiction library books on the topics you are studying. At the beginning of the elementary years, you'll be reading these books to the student, but as their reading abilities increase, you can assign these books to them to read on their own. You can also add in a few scientist biographies along the way as these will help your students connect with the people behind science, which helps to create an interest to learn more. Third, we have notebooking, and this is the final of the three keys to teaching science. The idea with notebooking is to make sure that the students have placed at least one piece of information into their knowledge bucket. You can do this by creating lap books, notebooks, or journals, basically anything that will provide space to record what the students have learned. At first, you will not expect a lot of actual writing from the students. You can discuss what they read or what you did and then write it down for them in their workbook. As they progress through the elementary years, they'll be able to do more and more of their writing for science, but don't force them to write beyond their ability as pushing the elementary student in writing will only lead to frustration with science and be contrary to your goals. So before I share about the last two tools, let me say that these two components are optional ones. If your students really enjoy studying science and they want more, then I suggest you add one or maybe both of these optional components to your science routine. 
The fourth tool we have for teaching science to elementary students is extra projects, such as habitat dioramas, posters, or videos, and additional hands-on science activities. These projects are a great way for the students to engage with the material they're learning in another way. That said, these activities definitely need to relate to what you're studying so that they will serve to reinforce what the student needs to know. For example, if you're studying a group of animals over several weeks, consider creating a chart in which the diets, carnivore, herbivore, omnivore, of each animal are displayed. This type of project is a visual reminder of what the student has studied and will reinforce the concept of animal diet. So that's how an extra project can work. And finally, we have memory work. Remember that the elementary student is an empty bucket that's begging to be filled. These kiddos soak up information, and memory work is one of those tools you can use to fill the knowledge banks. I like to recommend that you have your students memorize scientific poems, lists of facts, or vocabulary. Again, this is not necessary, but any of the memory work that you select needs to relate to the other things you are studying so that they have context for all these facts that they're memorizing. In a nutshell, for the elementary years, you can use scientific demonstrations, science-oriented books, notebooking, projects, and memory work to help you accomplish your goals for science. A good science plan during these years will give you options for each of these components and it will make sure that the pieces relate back to the topic that is being studied for the week or for the unit. As you teach science each week, you may not incorporate every single one of these components, but by regularly doing scientific demonstrations, reading science-oriented books, and notebooking, your students will enjoy learning about science during the elementary years. Add in a few extra projects and a bit of memory work, and you will be pleased with how much your students enjoy learning about this difficult subject. Next week, we're going to chat about what it actually looks like to use these tools to share science during the elementary years. Until then, thanks for listening. I hope that you leave our time together encouraged in your homeschool journey. Let me know what you think by leaving a rating or review in iTunes or in the podcasting app you use to listen to the Tips for Homeschool Science show. I would so appreciate you taking the time to do so, as it inspires those of us who work so hard to put this podcast together for you to enjoy, and it helps others find this podcast. I would love to connect with you beyond the earbuds. You can find me at Instagram at Elemental Science. Or drop me an email through the link on our website, which is elementalscience.com. I can't wait to share with you another piece of the roadmap in our next episode. But until then, I hope you have a great week playing with science. This podcast is free for you to enjoy thanks to the programs we offer at Elemental Science. Our company got its start one day over 10 years ago with a simple question. If you're doing all that work to create science curriculum for our daughter because you can't find what you needed, don't you think someone else is looking for the same thing? And with a whole lot of work, those simple plans for our homeschool became the several lines of award-winning science curricula we offer today. At Elemental Science, our goal has always been to provide you with easy-to-use science plans to help you share the wonders of science with your students. Come see how we can help you teach science at elementalscience.com.